0: welcome back to all things twin flames today's sunday so of course we have to do a sunday snippet today is a special sunday nevertheless we have a special guest with me this is someone i went to high school with guys this is a major throwback super excited and it's quite funny how god the universe whatever resonates whatever name you put on your door how that source works Uh, This is someone who I wasn't really connected with in high school, yet life would have it that we're on the same path to finding our own personal truth and living that truth and speaking that truth as well. So uh, he has an amazing and interesting story, one that I only know the very surface of. So let's all take this deep dive together into the life of Ray McFarlane. Um, I'm excited to have you here, man. Yeah, I'm excited to be on this too. so first things first i uh, saw you post that you were making tiktoks on facebook i'm like okay this is really cool so then i checked you out and then i heard your story and i was like oh wow he's in ministry but then he came out and now he's no longer involved with the church so i was like this is a loaded this is a loaded potato i got <laughs> i gotta unpack this so uh w- just uh, i guess we can start from the from the very beginning of, of your origins uh did, were you raised in the church was your family christian How, what was your uh, initial um
1: encounter with religion okay so, um my family is pretty involved in the church my grandparents were missionaries um to the congo and africa but also other parts of the world uh, I was raised, um, with a lot of diversity, which I'm grateful for. Um, but then my parents were more on the, um, Christian side. That was a little bit more condemning and a little bit more strict. Um, but yes, I have been raised in the church throughout my life. Yeah. And, uh,
0: did you go to TCA? I did before I dealt You did, right. Right. So, how long was that preschool to high school?
1: Um, So I was homeschooled up until I went to TCA, and okay, and then I transferred over to uh, Delaware County, and then I also went to public school after that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Okay, so then after high school, um, but I I did want to touch briefly on just uh your thoughts on christian-based education uh, i don't want to spend too much time on it but looking back going to a religious school um, and that's all you know you know it kind of the people who i talked to from high school we all kind of have this unanimous agreement where we look back and we're just like this was kind of a cult-like uh <laughs> setup and environment um do you have any like uh like what are your thoughts about
1: about the education that you had um i definitely would agree that it had you know those types of vibes with it um I, I would say that when i was in private school they did push me harder for education um as opposed to when i went to the public school that i graduated at um so both. will say that's one good thing is that they really pushed their students to be academically um successful um but i also went to more of a low budget school so um and when i transferred to public that's yeah i do agree with that yeah. So
0: then what what was the transition from high school to, you said you were also wanted to pursue being a missionary as well, right? Yes.
1: Uh, after I graduated high school, um, I started getting um, more depressed and so many different issues with suicidal ideation and whatnot. And I think that a lot of that had to do with my conversion to Christianity um, as my own personal choice back when I was 20 years old. And um, that's when I ended up, transferring from Kutztown University to Lancaster Bible College where I pursued ministry.
0: Okay, and then so you pursued ministry and, and the reason for it you said was because you wanted to overcome these
1: these mental battles, right? Yeah, I had a really um, hard time with dealing with my sexuality um throughout my life. Um you know, tr- the whole stigma of trying to be straight when you're not and uh You know, that was, (laughs) there were so many stories wrapped up in that. But, um, yeah, I was trying to be celibate or trust God that I would find a woman to be with and that I wouldn't feel so sexually frustrated. Um, But I was just so wrapped up in my own emotions, you know, that I was blinded from reality and self-acceptance.
0: Yeah. What was the moment where you realized, okay, it's time that I just listen to my own inner voice and stop neglecting my own my own uh, natural way of being mm-hmm. and kind of drown out the noise of the
1: outside environmental religious context that you were in. Um, so it took about five years of being a Christian to re- start realizing that, I mean, I had a lot of skepticism over the years and the longer I was in it, the more I saw all the toxic um, stuff going on in the church and it just, you know, things started coming together. People were asking me harder questions. My friends were, um, starting to walk away from the church. Um, there was, um, then with the whole political thing back in 2016, um, that was a huge knock to my faith when I, you know, saw a lot of evangelicals supporting someone who I thought was not at all a godly person to be on the same side of. Um, So it was a, it was a process. Yeah. So
0: your friends also had this transition out of it. Um, What were like some main like fundamental contradictions or ironies that you all were
1: just like, this is fishy. Um, So I guess I would say there's a lot of things in the Bible that um, many Christians do not. I feel like they don't really read their Bible for one. But, uh, you know, they they want to point out um, certain, quote unquote, sins, you know, that are. (laughs) especially wrong or something as if their greed or their hate or all these other things aren't just as bad and so there's so much hypocrisy um in the church and that you know slowly weighed more and more on me um yeah that whole hierarchy
0: of sin is really strange and it's like we put sexuality at the top Mm -hmm. and it's interesting you know it's just like well why, why do you think that is like why there's so much shame
1: towards the body. Mm. Um to be honest, I still think I I've never really come to the understanding of why they do that in the church. Um I mean, part of me feels like it's a it's a control thing. Um you know, people who have very conservative values, they kind of want conventional children and um kids that just, you know, they're raised in a certain way to look a certain way and to have a certain type of lifestyle. Um, But I can't really fully speak on that because that's, you know, each parent, you know, all the parents in the world, how they deal with their religion and
0: that. Yeah. So when you had this uh, process of coming out, did you have, were you very, were were you public about it? Were you, uh, did you have any support? Um, Because I'm sure most of your
1: friends were from, were Christian, right? A lot of them were. Um, Some of them were not. Uh, which was fun i was still pretty um i mean i had my own conservative views but i was also still accepting of all and i always stood by human rights um women's rights and stuff like that but uh which was you know i was able to still you know be connected with friends that did not agree with me um which was a good my life but they sorry ask that question again (laughs) yeah
0: um how was Did you feel supported through the journey? Because I know your friends were kind of, I know there's some in the church, some out of the church, but overall,
1: was it a lonely journey? Was it something that you could open up about? Um, It was pretty lonely. Um, I mean, I was always, as a Christian, people knew that I um, was gay or was, you know, dealing with that in my spiritual journey. Um, You know, and most people, you know, the Christians were more like, oh, like you're such a warrior for Christ or you're such this or that or you're so strong or you're so selfless and you know these weird sayings and then everyone else was just like no like you accept yourself and like you're not living to your fullest potential and what about all the other people in the world that aren't Christians like do you love them and I don't know it was a very uh it was lonely in the sense that I was only I was in the middle of two very different sides of things with all my friends
0: yeah do you still connect with the christian friends like what's their perception of you now because you're very open about your truth and i love that
1: um i do have one friend still from uh that's still a christian um i mean not that i wouldn't talk to any of my past friends it's just more um this was a closer friend for me uh but she you know she's been amazing and just so accepting um i don't i don't i haven't asked her directly if she believes my lifestyle is wrong however um, The way that she loves me as a person, I don't think that that would ever be a thing for her. Yeah. Um, so, what other like, quote unquote,
0: traditional beliefs are kind of just rub you the wrong way? Because I mean, going to church all my life, I think after a while, you you know, everyone naturally has questions, right? Like, how could loving God send someone to hell for eternity? or I mean is Jesus really coming back from heaven riding a white horse like is that something I should believe in or Jonah being swallowed by a fish and living in the belly of a fish for three days alright um, but what, what are some beliefs I guess more than stories that uh, that don't really uh, align
1: with what you intuitively know love to be um, you know I think that I mean, you definitely hit it on the head with like all these stories in the Bible, you know, it's, I mean, even when we study the devil and what happens in revelations and stuff like that, I mean, ultimately, I don't think that a true loving God could really allow any of it to happen uh, the way it does. Um, I mean, that's the overall, my belief that, um, you know, there's just so many things that happen in the world. Uh, it's just not right. And it just yeah the way that it all unfolds and the way that everything the bible talks about it just that's there's there has to be more you know there has to be more than that and love is way beyond the bible i think um no matter how you look at it
0: yeah what do do you think that you know this whole process is a spiritual journey right towards enlightenment or truth I think, you know, for us, religion was a good, like, stepping stone to, like, get us introduced to the concept of even a higher power and that things might, you know, no matter what, things will work out for you. Uh, Do you see, like, do you see Christianity as, like, maybe um, truth, but, like, it's just a quarter way there and people in that context just need to push themselves a little further because that's kind of how I see it, where it's like, okay, you're you're at level one, but there is a higher level to it. I'm not saying you're wrong, but there's more to what you are scratching the surface. Yeah, I
1: would of. definitely agree. Um, you know, it's Christianity has been a stepping stone for me, um, and I still do hold to um, a good amount of biblical wisdom, um, especially in the Proverbs, you know, I, even though I've walked away, I, you know, through... My healing journey and therapy, I've been able to see the good that is still in it. And I've, upon that, with other spirituality um, and practices from different beliefs and faiths. um, So I've been able to keep just going higher and higher and higher in a sense. It's been pretty beautiful. Yeah. Um, So going back to your story, so you ended up dropping out. Yeah. I left uh, Lancaster Bible College after two years. Um, I settled with a biblical studies Associates degree But uh, then I and going into ministry Eventually
0: Okay And then um, how did your family Take all this Because I know they were in the mission field as well They were when I was
1: a child and then they just became An integral part of the church That I was raised in
0: Okay Okay gotcha so uh that whole process of um I, go, I guess just abruptly shortening your your study to to 2 years was it supposed to be 2 years or um it supposed was supposed to be, to be
1: four? 4 but I uh, there was a lot of education <laughs> that I could have gone for free instead of continued to pay um for that. So Yeah, that makes sense. That makes
0: sense. Well, I mean you've you've battled a lot, you know, you're talking about uh, ideas of uh, you know suicide ideation um, what advice would you have to someone right now who's in your situation who kind of feels maybe uh, stuck in a closed-minded group or maybe not even closed-minded that's that might be too judgmental to say but in a group that where their values don't really align and they don't feel like they have anyone to turn to and maybe it kind of stirs up that belief right that there's something wrong with like, what What? What would you
1: say to someone in that situation? Um, I mean, the first thing is to assess, you know, what have people put into our heads to for what we believe about ourselves. Uh, I kind of have to separate who you are from everyone else around you because we're influenced by others, um, more likely than not. And, you know, it's first taking a step back and learning about how to love yourself, learning about different people, you know, if you don't have direct people to talk to, um, thankfully the internet is something that we can um, hear other people's stories and that can help us along our journey. Uh, I mean, there's so much more to, <laughs> that I could say on this topic, but. Yeah, um,
0: and to, I, I wanna address the religious folk right now. Is, is there any, like what message do you have to people in religion? Cause I speak to the, the church, a lot in, on on this podcast and this platform, um, is there anything that you think is relevant or
1: based off of what you've been through that, you know, you just want to toss out there? Yeah, um, I think so. What's funny about Christians and their, you know, them trying to share the gospel and get people saved um, is the Bible talks about a lot about how it's the, um, the work of the Holy Spirit that causes people to come to the Lord. And a lot of Christians, they almost try to take God's job and do it themselves and to pressure people and to almost torture people mentally into conversion and to fall in line with the biblical ideals. But the thing is, is that if you're a Christian and you're truly wanting to be Christ-like, you're to love. And that's all you ever have to be. If you don't agree with um, the LGBTQ plus community, you know, I'm not going to try to shove my beliefs down your throat because i don't want that from them but the thing is is that jesus was about love and it's god's work if anyone's going to be saved so everyone just needs to shut up <laughs> and just love that's that's all i have to say about that
0: yeah it, it's ironic because i feel like someone said if jesus came back he wanted to be <laughs> yeah. a christian yeah and his point wasn't to amass to follow it was just a actually in my view break down religion and break down all these structures you know he was like quite rebellious and did his own thing and was more about the individual than than any collective group um but i feel like you're, you're right like we don't really study the life of jesus and if we did we probably wouldn't be amassing
1: in churches yeah you're definitely right about that <laughs> yeah Jesus was someone that like would he would have a lot to say about the church, especially since the church is um, moving more and more um, to looking like the Pharisees did that uh, Jesus called <laughs> whitewashed tombs <laughs> at, you know they look clean yeah. on the, <laughs> but they're tombs <laughs> wow,
0: yeah so um where where are you at now with with uh, spirituality? religion i know you say you still incorporate it um you still keep up with bible verses and all that um, i mean I, I think it's beautiful that i think a lot of people when they go through transformation they look at the past and they have almost shame about it but it seems like you've really come to grips and just have this full acceptance of everything
1: that's mm-hmm. happened um thankfully through um, the journey of healing and therapy and whatnot, I've been able to reach back and find the value in the pain that I've suffered. Um, and you know, the further I go with it, you know, be, I'm com- I'm becoming one of those people who've turned their trauma and their pain and their the struggle into um, strength. You know, I don't I don't have to um, only look at it in the past. And I know that you know it's not for everyone to use their past pain, you know, for what they're doing. Um, in the current in the future i know that that's everyone's journey is different uh, so i'm not trying to tell people to use your past pain because that's something you have to work through yourself um but leaning on top of that you know i've been able to add to my spirituality not just with the bible but also um with other spiritual practices you know trying to find balance um in everyday life meditation um You know being in nature really feeling one with the universe and um the spirits like around me and other people their aura everything um you know i'm just moving more and more into like higher thought in all kinds of ways no matter where i get it from yeah that's beautiful i i
0: wanted to dive a little more into um just feeling that uh maybe not not neglect but that feeling of being different and because you know, you're, you're, you're realizing you're having this, this awakening that, okay, uh, I'm not straight, but I'm in the church. So like, what, what is the, what's the inner talk? Like, is it like, does it lead you towards depression? Because someone is thinking, okay, well, this is the Bible. It's authoritative. It's not wrong. And people are condemning, uh, homosexuality. Um, what's the inner talk like, like what, what, core beliefs does it produce if you're just hearing that over and over again Mm.
1: um i mean i feel like the the talk in the um inner circles of all those christians who you know would have their um way with what other people believe and how they live their life i mean it's very it's a lot of pressure to be honest um Mm -hmm. they you know it's (laughs) everything is just like every type of biblical counseling and just their how they deal with things is just like go to god go to god go to god and it's like it's so vague and it's so and everyone's journey is so different and i don't think the church fully understands emotions and psychology, and because of that and in their ignorance they end up hurting more people than they help yeah and with you like what 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 was the self-dialogue
0: like you know, just battling through this. Was there a moment
1: where you thought, okay, maybe I'm the problem? Yes. um, there definitely was that moment when I self-reflected and realized that my story and how I am vocal to other people in the world um, has an impact on their uh, mentality and their emotions. And slowly, I started realizing that the weight of my journey, I would never want someone else to go through that. And so my lo- slowly my love for everyone in the world um, started to free me from um, the hold that religion had on me. Yeah, I think it's hard to be in religion
0: and properly love someone who's not in that box. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, especially because I've had a similar—I guess you can call it—indoctrination. Because went through, grew up in the church, went to a private school, you know, Delco Christian, from kindergarten to or even preschool to twelfth grade. And so, anyone who is, let's say, Hindu or Muslim, I always thought that they were evil or or bad right it's, it's so weird like I, I you can't even look at someone who you were just taught to label or stereotype as bad it's so interesting looking back on it how uh, at the end of the day you don't seem as actual people
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's wild that um the indoctrination process of children especially um it's all I mean that's a whole <laughs> human rights issue there um but that's the sad part is that you know even if that's the thing, like I, I when in the beginning of my journey for a few years, I felt very spiritually enlightened, you know, in the Christian church. But over time, I just saw through all of the the BS in certain ways. And that was part of it is just that they don't, I want to be able to love, you know, the whole world and everybody in it. And, you know, and, and empower and encourage all people. You know, I don't want to be stuck in this little bubble where it's like, we only love the people who agree with us. Like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, you said something
0: that, I never really thought about before, but linking toxic religious indoctrination to a violation of human rights. Mm. I've never
1: thought about it like that. Yeah, it's um, that's the I mean, so the first five years of our life is the most um, psychologically interesting. You know, we're building upon so many foundational ideals and um, with our experiences with our families and our parents Um, and not only that, you know, afterward as well um, throughout You know the 18 year factor people kind of call it um you know when when your brain's truly forming but that's the thing teaching when we teach religion to children especially if it has hateful motivation behind it of any kind you know you're really imprinting upon these individuals um before they can even really decide for themselves if they actually hate someone else or disagree um disagree um so in, in my case, I think that is a human rights violation because we're it's I mean people not me, but they're just it's almost a form of abuse depending on how it's shared. Does that make sense? I wouldn't say everyone's their yeah. children in religion, but certain people I think are. Wow
0: I mean I'm, I'm a little speechless right now because I, I didn't you know because we think of it as something so pure and holy we regard it in such a high light that we forget the the toxic consequences that happen from it and because it is from the church we it, it's almost excusable right it's like justifiable it's like okay i mean it's just church but if you really look into it it's just like no you're telling someone that they're intrinsically evil
1: mm-hmm.
0: right and so the reason we resonate so much with christianity is because we the, the first point of christianity when when, when you bring someone to Christ quote unquote like the pathway to salvation is making them accept that they're a sinner right Mm. which means okay inherently something is wrong with you naturally you're evil naturally you're screwed up and people gravitate towards that because all their lives they've been programmed with it and it's just so sad that we can look at a child or a baby and be like this is this is doomed for hell Yeah, it is. This is a savage. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is sad. So I know you're a human rights activist, right? And really into it. Do do you think that your path is going to link um, undoing traditional conservative uh, Christian beliefs with like human rights activism? Because I mean, that's really interesting. But um, yeah, what's uh,
1: how do you see your path unfold with uh, your activism? Um, so, I mean, personally right now, I'm just, you know, I mean, my journey has been years in the making, but yeah, I still have so much to learn. And, uh, I have several friends of mine who, you know, they, they want to help change the world with me through activism. Um, so we're working on starting an organization, but, uh, or becoming a part of one that already exists. But, uh, the cool thing is, is that, well, I guess it's not cool, but, um, I just want to use, you know, the my experiences to help other people um, more free and more loved. And I think that yes, like I do want to, um, I, I dissolve the toxic Christianity that I've experienced and be a part of that. I mean, there's still in 26 states and four territories in our country just just alone. I mean, not not to mention so many other countries. Um, there is still laws in place where children under 18. Um, can be in conversion therapy camps um, to you know walk away from um, their sexual desires if it's not in line with the Bible uh, or the conservative, according to that, and that's an atrocity to me. Um, I know that I'm not a lawyer, but that's part of you know how we're going to change that. But people don't even know this. Like that, you know, I've had people um, ask me. They said, "Oh, I thought that that was banned." with electric shock therapy which i couldn't even believe my (laughs) believe the words i was reading um when someone said that it's just it's crazy that nobody knows that that's still a thing um and that's i mean that's again a human rights issue
0: wow and like right there is an even more tangible example of what we were just talking about like okay you people growing up with the subconscious belief that they're not good enough yes that has profound and real lasting effects but something as real and damaging and it happens every day as like a co- almost concentration camp right like that's so I, it's uh it's like where do you think the battle begins does it begin in, in 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 the core, or like in having a debate? Like, where where do you think? Like, how do you tackle this issue?
1: Um, I mean, the first thing that I think of, you know, is first we have to have everyone talking about it um, and realizing what it is. Um, you know what I mean? And you know, hearing people's stories coming out of it. I mean, I feel like a lot of people don't actually share that they went through that because it's so triggering to even discuss. <laughs> Um, especially if someone hasn't worked through the past and their pain and come out of it stronger. You know, like that's part of the issue is that um, people people uh, sweep that under the rug um, all over the place. Um, but that's the thing. I'm still learning of how I can get involved in changing this. Um, so it's a lot. Yeah. It is. It is.
0: And, uh, you know, because it's also what makes it even more convoluted is, is that, um, like you said the the work of conversion isn't man's work it's the holy spirit right but there are things that we can do to start that process i mean it's it's all tricky because the people in religion are so quick to debate you know like does is god real is god not like what what's the truth of god um is homosexuality a sin like this is all happening on a mental level right but as human beings, we are more than just our mind. Again, tune into our spirit, our soul. And when you access that point through quiet, whatever, uh, meditation practice someone has, you realize like, there's just love here. Right. And so we can do all these debates and arguments. But that'll just pull us further away from actually experiencing God. And see, that's my problem with the church where we're just talking about it. We're just preaching. And there's so much noise that no one's actually fully experiencing what we're talking about. And when you do experience, you'll see that there's a lot of discrepancy between what you're talking about or what you're thinking about versus what's actually there. Because what's actually there is just unity and oneness and peace and love. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's it's definitely, but there needs to be some like action, right? Like uh, every activism, like there, there's so, it, there needs to be action. And uh, I mean, keep me updated. I, I'd love to help in any way possible. Use my platform to spread awareness. Um, I'm still really upset about what you said about, you know, the conversion therapy thing still going around, you know, because a lot of the time it's not even the, the person's choice to be in there.
1: Yeah for sure. A lot of parents just force their children there because they don't actually know what to do, <laughs> um, with the kids that they didn't, that they would have, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. What
0: do you think the fear is? Like it, like in Christian circles, it's just like, Oh, uh, I think my kid's gay. Oh, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, it's just like, so there's so much shame around it. Like what, what, what is the fear and, like, I understand, like, the, just the negative outlook on gay people.
1: Um, yeah, it's a shame because, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of parents, um, they self-reflect and they think that, oh, I'm a bad parent or I'm a bad Christian because my child is this, that, or the third way, you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, um... You know they and that's the thing there's all kinds of stigmas of parenting involved with that and it's almost that's the thing it's more the the parents seem to um, think more about themselves and how they look than even caring about their child's spirit in their heart and their mentality and it's really sad um that that even occurs in a parent's mind yeah yeah i mean that 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 plays out in so
0: that just the downstream effect of that is huge right parents seeing their children as extension extensions of themselves because they're insecure or they're lacking in some way and so they want their children to be these like perfect or what they consider to be perfect just role models of respectability yeah um so we covered a lot um is there anything else that you feel is needed to be said? Um, I know that we covered a lot of topics and try to go as deep as possible. But is there anything else that you wanted us to
1: talk about? Um, I guess I do. You know, want to say for um, you know, even though I've talked a lot about um, Christianity and I feel like I've been knocking it um, in a lot in certain ways, I just want to. Um, I guess to say that I am not against the um, churches that are affirming and accepting of all people. Um, I think that I'm not against people believing in God. you know, I'm just a um ma- what I'm against is people hurting others in the name of God. yeah,
0: and uh, we've seen that so much throughout history. like so many people killed in the name of Jesus. yeah, the shame <laughs> and If you compare that with, I mean, I heard in in a sermon before by someone who is more universal-minded, no one has ever killed anyone in the name of Buddha, and Christians should really reflect on that. Exactly. Um, There was one thing that you said that I want to just unfold a little bit. Oh, so with uh, you, do you see a diversion or a a split in, in the whole church community where like there's some because i know there's a lot of what's 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 called denominations right and the whole fact that the the fact that we even have denominations has always puzzled me um but is there like uh is there more denominations just like splitting off and splintering and is there animosity between both groups because i know you were like you studied this so i mean you, you saw probably like the, or you felt the the tension between okay i'm a baptist okay i'm presbyterian united uh, america or whatnot right mm-hmm. like is there
1: tension between groups there def- and is that tension growing yeah there definitely is um, i mean at bible college almost every lunch or dinner conversation there is at least a huge table of a bunch of quote-unquote theologians or young theologians just dis- like arguing about the bible and about denominational beliefs Um, which is, I mean, that was insane just to be a part of, but, uh, I mean, you know, they remember going to a church service one time years ago. That was, it was a interdenominational, um, service to bring uh, denominations together in unity. And it was an absolute mess (laughs) Really? (laughs) because they're all so prideful in their doctrine beliefs that, they all think they're right. And what's the funny thing is the jokes on them because if you talk to every Christian in a church, they all think a little bit differently. And that's also something that we understand in psychology is that everyone's spirituality is different, but you know, it's like a lot of them subscribe to a similar faith or a similar their cultures. But that's the thing, these chur- churches are continually to split, split and split and split and split is because all these different spe- uh Christian leaders just think that they're you know the way the version of the Bible they believe is the right way and that the people who are in their church believe in the the right way to serve God it's like very it's just it's it's an absolute mess <laughs> and it's been- that's yeah because I think as time goes on
0: you're gonna just see more denominations just pop out rather than inclusion mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's happening. It's not even just Christianity either. Um, even in Islam, there's many denominations forming, even as we speak, <laughs> that keep splitting as well. Oh, wow. Um, so it's this is a this is something where, you know, we're just going to continually seeing this. And I mean, to be honest, I think that um, especially in our country, what we were raised to believe, I think that those days are coming slowly to an end. I think that there's a revolution going on in the church um, in the ways that we're talking about. Um, I think it's a slow process, but it's just like, I think more and more people are being awakened to the fact that um, American Christianity, at least not, I mean, there's also other parts of Christianity that have it wrong in my opinion, Um, but I think that it's coming more and more to an end.
0: Yeah. So when you realized that you didn't want to be a part of it anymore and uh, you wanted to be a missionary, did you feel a little, uh, maybe I don't want to say guilt, but almost guilt for like wanting to spread that onto other people or how do you view that motivation or that prior aspiration that you
1: had? Yeah. Um, so I was, I, I mean, yes, I had my beliefs because I felt like I was saved. You know, I felt like I was, I had been helped by God. And so because I had that in my heart, at that time, you know, when I would be talking to my friends or family members or strangers, you know, next to me on a train, the the focus on the conversation wasn't necessarily to convert them. It was more about how can I be there for you and how can I help your journey um, and your healing? And if that's, you know, if Jesus Christ is the way that that person heals, great. If not, I'll pray with you and I'll send you on your way and hope you know, wishing you the best in life, you know, and, and I'm so I'm grateful that I wasn't, I don't think I was the most toxic Christian that there could be. Um, but that's the thing. Slowly I started realizing that even my story, whether or not I loved everyone was still a hindrance to some. And I realized that I would never want that. Um, and so I broke yeah. away. Cause you
0: mentioned your parent or your grandparents were missionaries in the Congo. Um, and how has your view on just mission work changed? I know you talked, we talked about how it's a process done by the Holy Spirit. Do you see it almost as, do you see it, in, do you put it in the box of, uh, in the box of a violation of human rights or uh, what's not a cu- cultural appropriation, but um, ethnocentrism where you're like enforcing your own culture onto someone else. Um, what's, what's your take on mission work? now and uh it seems so vital in the christian church but if you take a step back uh and you consider someone else's culture and their own beliefs like unpack that for me like what how how do you feel and think about that
1: um i mean it's definitely it's wrong to force a religion onto another culture um and especially if you're if they if if the culture or the people group wants it, that's one thing, but to make them assimilate into an American or uh, whatever, you know, the ways of whoever's the missionary, that's wrong, especially. I'm, I'm grateful, though, that my grandfather was actually a pretty um, progressive in the sense that he was a, he was really focused on social justice, but also helping the church understand that like in the Congo, the, the people there should be having church in their own way, in their own cultural way. Um, so I'm grateful that my grandfather at least understood certain things about that. Um, but I mean, my parents were not like my grand, my grandfather, who's actually, he's a, he, he actually is an affirming Christian in the sense of he accepts the LGBTQ plus community. Um, but that hasn't fallen to my parents or a lot of my aunts and uncles, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, now that I'm away from the church, I don't. Agree at all that we should be doing that. The only thing I agree with is a human, in a human rights perspective, of making sure that anywhere in the world that people are treated with respect and that um, they're not being hurt by their parents or the culture. Yeah,
0: I think when it's coupled, like you said, with social justice, mission work is beautiful, right? Um, but even then, there's that hidden intention. There's that uh, ulterior motive of,
1: I'm trying to put you, I'm trying to win you over. It's a shame that that's even there to begin with. People, that's the thing. If you're, I think that if someone's a Christian, sure, you can believe in God. That's fine. It's just, you should love people and help people. And if they want to be a Christian, that's, that's their own prerogative. And they can discuss that with you. But to have a, have this goal in mind that it's like, oh, like I'm helping them because I want them to repent. Like, that's kind of a sick thought to me, you know, like, I can't even believe that I ever (laughs) was in a circle that, you know, had ideals like that. Would you say most Christians
0: choose it out of fear that they're going to hell? Like, the people just believe in Christianity because they don't want to go to hell? Or
1: is it a conscious choosing of, oh, this is the truth? Yeah, um, I think that it's a little bit of both because this, I mean, it depends on, you know, some people are more emotionally inclined um, or their soul is craving to be fulfilled in some kind of spiritual understanding. And so like that was part of my journey was that it made me feel a sense of peace at first. Um, And I don't know, you know, I mean, that's something to unpack for years to come, like why I ever subscribed to it in the first place. But yes, like heaven and hell definitely um, make a huge impact I think because you know when we dying is scary to a lot of people you know um, I mean I kind of I'm, the, I'm one that you know before I was born I never cared about my existence and I think that's what I'm going back to I'll just be a part of the earth as an energy force but um, most people don't see it that way <laughs> you know they they think that they're the way that they live their life is going to have a massive impact on the afterlife Um so yeah i think it's kind of it's a way of manipulation in my perspective why would you say manipulation um because i mean if so if we took heaven and hell out of the picture what you know i mean being a good christian like is it really worth it like like being so conservative and like not living out who you actually are and um not having certain experiences in life because you're like so obsessed with um a way of living you know but it that's the thing like without heaven and hell like what does it really do Mm -hmm. i don't know it's like spirituality is good for everyone but like the you know i don't know that's a lot yeah and like you said that that christian way of
0: living is so defined by the culture and it's it's not even defined by the bible but our interpretation of it right um because there's other interpretations of certain scriptural texts Let's say the burning bush was uh, an experience of ayahuasca with Moses and he, he was hallucinating or uh, different interpretations that say manna that dropped from the sky was uh, mushrooms that were dried up and because they said that when the Israelites ate the manna they they saw angels right so and they had contact with angels so people uh, and scholars have have interpreted that as as drugs so that christian way of living is really defined by a certain group of people and i think what i'm getting at is that these standard ways of living where we consider it to be objectively true are purely subjective
1: yeah for sure
0: is there this might be a i don't know i i i i'm hesitant to ask this question but um, Is there one argument that you have that will just open someone up instinctively if they're super closed-minded? Like, what can someone say if if they're, like, being, like, not harassed, but really battered up by a closed-minded, um, someone who's just, like, really grew up in the church, really fear-based? Is, is there anything or an argument or a statement or a fact that you usually is that that you like pull out your back pocket and you're like well just think about this like maybe it's a question
1: yeah um i mean it it kind of depends on who the person is that's you know closed-minded or you know going off about um what they believe and why someone else is wrong um so that's the thing like i i have different you know i say different things depending on who it is and what their point is um that they're trying to make um so it's a little bit tricky to answer that. I guess that um, more so depending on how well the person knows the Bible, I'll use the Bible and I will, you know, tackle. Okay. But then if it's more, if I see that they're just like pretty ignorant and they've been fed a lot of lies from their culture or their parents or their upbringing, um, I tackle it more like in that sense of the fact that they don't understand. And like I try to give them some un- insight into the life of someone that. Like that, you know, I try to have that like walk into someone else's shoes for a little bit or like, you know, let's continue talking. I try to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to just like shove an answer in someone's face and then like they just run away angry or, so it's a, (laughs) it's a process and that's the problem. Sometimes you have to sit with people and really, um, you know, like the whole, it's almost like using it, using their own belief against them, love your enemies. Like that's the thing, like. I think that people, some people who aren't, a lot of people who aren't Christians actually have a lot more love to give and I think that people who are big or um, racist or anything like that, they just you know, they've been hurt, they've been fed lies and we need to love them strongly enough to help them um, almost see it like the light that we see. Yeah,
0: I mean, that, that's a great point. Um, first of all, not just having this blanket argument for everyone cuz not everyone everyone's in a different situation so um, and also uh, like you said like people cling to groups because they're they're in pain and it gives them a sense of belonging yep, right so i guess is that the core motivation for all of us like subconsciously or on even an unconscious level like what we're really looking for is just a, a sense of belonging because i i remember being in church not too long ago and this lady was uh you know she she became a member of the church i was just observing and the pastor was like do you have any remarks and she like paused and then what she said was just like it it was almost like it wasn't coming from her soul but she was just saying it to affirm the group's beliefs she's like yeah i'm just happy to praise jesus with everyone here and you know really have a safe space to do so It was just like general words that had no like sense of authenticity i don't know if you understand what, if, if that came out clearly but i don't know it just seems like a big just like uh just a clouded just a, a room just filled with uh, echoing uh, what's what's called an echo chamber right that's what they call it an echo chamber of just
1: beliefs just being recycled and reaffirmed yeah. there's um so it's very interesting is if we unpack the pro that talks about um the wise the simple-minded and the foolish and also we know that talks a lot about how the church is the flock and that they're all sheep <laughs> which is a super trendy <laughs> phrase to say that someone's a sheep you know what i mean um, and that kind of yeah. refers to the simple that Proverbs kind of talks about a little bit, people who don't really think for themselves, but they're influenced by those around them. And that, I mean, this is a whole different conversation, but like, I think that me and you and other people that we know are those who think for themselves and are continuing the journey of wisdom and enlightenment and knowledge and understanding and higher thought. But there's a lot of people that are just absolute sheep and they just follow. The shepherd they just follow the rest of the flock because that's their comfort zone that's what they've been taught um you know a lot of people have that conventional lifestyle where they just like they just go in the way that they were raised especially if they didn't have traumas to make them think differently um or certain meet certain people that made them question what they were taught and that's uh, so i mean there's there's so many layers to why that all happens um, and how that can be avoided. You know, how parents can raise their children not to fall into that way of being, but I don't know if that answered your question or not. Yeah.
0: um, And so I I know your parents aren't what we call affirming Christians. That's the correct phrase, Yeah, they're not affirming. So how
1: has your relationship with them changed or has it changed? Um, So I'm grateful in the sense that, you know, my parents, they have like a, they're not, they're not going to disown me completely, but like, it's almost like I can't really still be a true family member to them because of their lack of affirmation. Um, so if I ever got married, you know, I'm not gonna like, I'll just be at all of my spouses or husbands or whatever, like they're um family gatherings because i wouldn't ever want to bring somebody home to my family in a sense because of that um however i mean i'm grateful that my parents are slowly starting to see um as a professional and someone who has a strategic mind and someone who could be helpful to them so i've actually been able to um You know, that's the thing. I kind of want to help change my parents' mind. And so I try to help them out. And so I've been able to take, not control over certain parts of their life, but I've been able to help them in ways where I think they're slowly respecting me more as a person now that I'm getting older. So, I mean, this is really interesting because you're the one
0: who studied this in depth, right? So how do they, because I see it as, okay, you studied the Bible, you, you, you did extra uh you pursued it in uh, a higher education and you found out certain truths and there were some contradictions and so you came out with the truth did they see do they see it as like you have been indoctrinated by the culture or you're just brainwashed by the media or it's just being gay is a trendy thing like do, do you know what i mean like you're the one who studied it and came out with it so why is there a judgment or why is it perceived as something that could be potentially wrong when you went through the education process and you're probably more educated on it
1: than the average human being and they know this yeah um it's very they're they're interesting i mean that's that's the part of ignorance that you know is kind of sucks the most i guess is that like even with education people will they'll still hold to what they think tight like tighter than ever you know and they um, the the trend that's been throughout my whole life is, um, at least when I wasn't a Christian, was that the devil has a foothold over my life and that I'm being, you know, I'm living a lie. Mm-hmm. Like that's my, my that's my dad's favorite phrase. Um, but <laughs> we kind of have a relationship now. Like through I've been able to heal in certain ways and be able to tolerate them, um, you know. And I kind of just get, I laugh and I say, well, I think you're living a lie, and then we walk away. <laughs> um, so. That's I mean, that's my relationship with my parents is a little toxic, but it's also something I'm still working through. And I don't want to I don't want to disown them because um, I want to be in my nephew's life. Um, So that's a whole thing, too. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally understand. And
0: like you said, that that ignorance runs so deep that even when you escape it, and the mode isn't even documentaries on netflix or uh videos on youtube of conspiracy theories it's proper education at uh uh registered college and and a known prestigious university it's still labeled as brainwashed or it's still labeled as the devil's got
1: a full Mm -hmm. hold on you even when i was a even when i was a christian it was funny like and this goes back to a point we talked about earlier is that every christian or church denomination or and so like even my even when i was a christian my parents didn't even really fully agree with the way i was a christian because i was more liberal than them <laughs> yeah and i mean
0: that's just the, and that's why you have so many denominations right uh just different beliefs but i guess more than anything you know sometimes you you become so proudful or uh, prideful rather of of your beliefs that it just becomes your worldview and you stop seeing people as they are i think that's just the mess of of religion in general where you stop seeing people as people like i said like i couldn't see my muslim friend as an individual i saw him as someone who was destined for hell and a sinner and someone who's making wrong choices and
1: rejecting god in every way yeah it's it's really sad that that's you know that's the core of it all you know i think that that's that really is it, is that people, they, they, well, parents and others like in culture, they force these ideals on us. And then we, we have to now, and then in our, our adulthood, we have to work through all these lies we've been fed and we have to learn how to love people correctly. And it's just a mess. Like, I, I wish that nobody had to work through that. You know, we should just be raised to love all people and love our neighbor as ourselves. like actually live Jesus's words. And that's the funny part is that Christians are so ignorant that they don't even know the God that they serve yeah
0: yeah Um, what uh, like I want to really go into that like not knowing the God they serve like in what sense like what what are some ways that um, they're not seeing or experiencing the full reality of who God is not saying that I have a full experience or you have tapped into it because God is infinite but in what ways are they kind of just blindfolding themselves to it I think one example is like uh the the femininity of God right we always talk about God the father right but if God is a force it can't just be some man in the sky right you can also address that force as has have as having a feminine more caring and nurturing and loving aspect not someone who's vengeful like you see in the old testament but where are some ways that we don't know the God and we kind of make up this God and and, and worship a God that's not even what the New Testament or Old Testament yeah, is even referring to. We know so- something
1: that's funny. So, just in the beginning in Genesis, it says that he, um, God made man in the, His image, male and female. And <laughs> which it's literally the first, yes. couple, like the first couple chapters that goes over that. And the thing <laughs> is, is that people miss the beginning of the whole book. Like that—that's how that's the depths of the ignorance in the church. Like even when I was in ministry. It was almost as if, like, it was only really the leaders that really had this, like, more spiritual side of, oh, I don't want to say that, I guess. But they, it's just, like, the people that were just in the congregation, they're just so simple that, like, they don't read their Bibles. They don't really study the context of the Bible. They don't really look into it. Um, It's just really, it was all really weird. Um, (laughs) Like, I it blows my mind sometimes when I'll think back to certain conversations or certain moments, but. Yeah. And I
0: see that that's why I asked like what brings people to church? Because, you know, if I go to the average church, I mean, a good 10% is passionate and like the note taker type, but a good, like I to say 50% is in a daze and like not really plugged in. And I'm just like, what are you doing? here? <laughs> what am I doing here? You know, like what what brings us to that point? Is it, is is it just fear? Is it, uh, this is a good thing to do on a Sunday just in case I go to hell, yeah. you know?
1: Like- it's definitely, um, it's a mixture. I mean, some people, well, that's the thing. It's some people have an emotional experience and really feel connected to God and their spirituality, which is one thing. And then there's the fear and then there's the social construct of, um, which I, you know, I had to find community outside of the church when I left it because community is, Um, I think, a necessity for people's mental health. You know, we have to have people in our life that are supportive of us and who want to see us succeed. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so you definitely had a huge community in the church. Um, How is it? Uh, I I had community in church, and um, I mean, a lot of it were more like friendship-based and we didn't really talk about church, but... You know, if you meet someone in church, is it it just based around the beliefs? Is it like every time you hang out, that sense of community just turns into a Bible study? Like, does it feel genuine? I'm sure it's helpful, but um, are there some aspects of it where it just doesn't feel like Yeah, there was times
1: where it was um, both, you know, both actually sincere and no matter the conversation or it was just strictly like just a spiritual conversation or like... My friendship was wrapped up in faith, um, and that's the thing. That's why I mean, when I walked away, I, I mean, not a lot of people. I didn't have like too many specific conversations with people. I just like knew that my friendship was solely based on my faith um, with them. And you know, I had to unpack that for myself. And you know, I, I lost like probably two hundred people in a day when I walked away from it. That's yeah.
0: crazy. So how did that happen? Did, did you make like a
1: public statement? Um, or... I did. Yeah, there was uh, certain Facebook posts that I made. And, you know, I had to delete a lot of people, you know, when they were spewing hate on my um, different posts. I mean, I'm I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, vocal about what I believe <laughs> um, now, but uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a lot. But um, well, that's the thing. I was involved with so many different churches and knew so many people, but just walking away, like I knew that that just severed all of that
0: you know what that's so sad that that friendship was conditional on what you believed right because we teach that god is love and love is truly unconditional it doesn't matter what someone is or what someone does jesus hung out with like the lower classes of society that people would throw stones at right but here we are judging or not showing affection and kindness to someone who doesn't even it's not even they did anything wrong they just don't believe what you believe like why it just feels so difficult sometimes to love someone who disagrees with us for some it's very
1: it's really sad and uh yeah it just i mean people would even i mean there was several people who once they saw my you know me coming out and me walking away from the church like they would, it was funny because people that knew that I know the Bible would send me things that, like, they would send me Bible verses or videos of people sharing about being gay, but, like, walking away from it. It was just, like, the most insane, it was insanity, really, because it's, like, how did they, not? how would they think that I wouldn't already know that, you know what I mean, or have things, and that's... Yeah. I despise those
0: videos, by the <laughs> way. The... <laughs> the like uh like there, there's a whole series on youtube like from new age to jesus i threw out all my crystals and tarot cards and i found jesus i'm like <laughs> what but I, i'm sure there there's a whole uh like video stream of uh stream of videos of like being
1: gay but rejecting it and being a warrior yeah, he, Christ, you know what's like crazy about that is people profit off of saying those things like they
0: i i knew it i knew it i knew there was hidden agenda it it did it felt so Mm -hmm. weird and that's
1: the thing it was not only that but i almost there was a part of my life that i almost started doing that myself and thank (laughs) it's funny uh, ironically thank god i didn't i never went on social media saying that stuff like
0: so what 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 is the financial benefit of Uh, saying that is it just news on youtube and so people can just make money that, off that could be one, one part view? of it
1: but um i mean there might be people who actually believe that god helped like you know their ex-gay because god led them away from it i don't know their personal experience however or whatever they believe it's just that christian i mean evangelical christians or conservatives they're obsessed with um people like like when i was in the church people like christians are obsessed with my story they thought i was the most enlightened christian there was like it was disgusting um, the way they put um, the LGBT plus community on a pedestal, if they're walking away from it, um, and not only that, anyone from any type of other spiritual practice, especially you know, especially tarot readers and all that, you know, everything, new age or different beliefs, it was always like that was the story. Like someone would share their dramatic testimony for ten minutes before the service, like especially drug. There's also the addiction world um, is being oppressed by Christianity Mm -hmm. because so many addicts are like they they feel hopeless or they feel like they can't live without drugs so they need to latch on to something powerful and so the church has swooped up in the addiction world too that's a whole other conversation as well Um, but it's insane that how they, they play on people's traumas to make more people come to God wow and
0: yeah, and the motivation behind it all is just like why, like why do you care so much? Is it because you want your church to grow? I think like if we really think about like the hidden intention, I think a lot of it is, you know, if you say to some, oh yeah, I brought I brought someone to church, it's just like, cool, and like it, it's it's like very much praised, like it's a good thing to do, and like underlying all that, maybe it's just. Uh, Really backed by the the need or want and desire
1: yeah. for. Profit. it's a there's a lot of things that pastors you know try. To, I've been to a few pastor conferences and stuff like that, and they're always talking about new ways of trying to get people to um, latch on to what they're trying to teach or what they're preaching and stuff. And it's just very, it's all you know, it's so agenda run. It's all an agenda, and I mean. <laughs> People should be very, it's not, you know, we hear a lot about, um, I mean, this is a little off topic, but like, you know, priests in the Catholic church abusing children, and it's not just like church. I don't want to knock that completely. But this is about leaders is that many leaders, no matter where they're found, they know a lot about manipulation. And that's the problem, not just with people, you need to guard. We need to really guard our hearts, no matter the leadership we're around, because you have to understand like their mind and what they're capable of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. And it's, uh, it's sad because it is easy to, to manipulate someone, right. Especially someone who's vulnerable. I, I haven't really thought about the what you said of, uh, Christianity and the church really swooping in on, uh, the addiction community and people who are, you know, uh struggling to be sober can, can you talk a little bit more about that yeah so um i actually i lived
1: at a ministry house for men who were coming out of addiction um so it was like a like a recovery thing um that was the year i mean after that experience i walked away but uh um yeah there's so many i don't know if you know about kensington and philadelphia how um you know their streets are overrun with heroin and Fentanyl and all kinds of drugs um, and violence, and the Rock Ministries on um, right under the um, where the L runs is just they have that they're almost like they're inviting all people from all over the country, Christians, to live there, and so they're trying to pretty much um, make Kensington like a massive like addiction recovery church, a city. It's it's wild. Um, and it's all about, this is the thing, like when you're coming out of addiction, a lot of them, you know, I, you know, when you hear success stories of people coming out of addiction, it's always they found something to live for. And that, that was strong enough to, right. you know, where they could wake up every day and fight against um, addiction and they're, you know, that process. And the problem with spirituality and religion is that like people, they get lost in it. You know, they feel like kind of like how I felt depressed and suicidal. And I my emotions latched on to the gospel and feeling gloved by this higher being that's going to help me. Um, and so that's kind of that's part of it, too, is that there's so many um, churches involved with people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol and other things as well.
0: That's a really interesting point, right? That fact that when we're in pain, we're more susceptible to receive yeah the gospel yeah, and so well, so you're right on yeah, that and that's the thing
1: say? like so they will literally say like oh like let's say the whole sinner like the whole sinful thing it's like oh you're a drug addict and you're so hopeless and you're so like or you're in prison or you're so un- like you've dug yourself into a hole that you can't get out of and only God can help you like it's so ah, oh, that's crazy <laughs>
0: and at that point you're at rock bottom where you're just like well anything will help at this point and so i mean what and so afterwards right they 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 fall into christianity and i mean what what's the harm i guess you know let's say if i'm playing devil's advocate i mean that's a weird way to put it <laughs> talking about christianity and, and taking the pro-christian stance what what's wrong about if i'm helping someone even if it does mean forcing mm-hmm. my belief on them um Sorry, say that one more time. Yeah, so if I'm forcing like an addict to believe in Jesus, you know, if it helps him at the end of the day, is, is there anything I mean, wrong
1: with that? It's good to help people, you know, that's, that's one thing. But I think that what I saw at least was, you know, they would be in the process of being helped. Then the toxic side of spirituality comes out in the church. And that's the thing is that, you know addicts yeah sure they they don't want to if they're trying to recover yeah sure they're willing to accept someone's help but then when they're treated with toxic christianity it almost re-triggers a lot of the issues that they were already dealing with in the sense of how many how much uh i don't i mean i don't know every single person's story it's just a matter of like there's there's the helpful part of christianity and spirituality and then there's the toxic part and i think that they get caught up in both sometimes and it becomes explosive at times as well um because if we're if we're dealing with people who have addiction issues like they're you know um we have to be kind to them we have to be loving we can't you know it's like can't bring toxicity into it because that's not gonna
0: yeah and so if we're defining toxic christianity what, what would that be would it just be uh the the uh, maintaining of the belief that you're a bad person and that you are bent towards hell because you're a sinful person and uh everything you do is evil unless
1: you That's accept part of it what for we sure. believe um, but also the cycle of i don't know if you know how like i mean i don't know how much you know about how people will be in the church is like they'll you start talking about their problem your problems and then they start judging you they they like make you feel shame ashamed of something you're so like the thing is that like mm-hmm. you can be in recovery from addiction and people will still do that to you and that's the thing is that when people are bring like feel ashamed of what you're going through or something you messed up with you know according to the bible or whatever that triggers people's addiction issues. You know, like, if someone's feeling shame, why wouldn't they run back to drug of choice? You know what I mean? Like, it's ma- it's almost like Christians are trying to relieve the burden of addiction, but then they're adding another one, which puts people back in the cycle, unless they're a perfect Christian.
0: Unless they're a perfect Christian, right? Which is, again, ironic, because Christianity had nothing to do with actions, and I it's come to a point where we we heard all the time it was such a catchphrase but we really do not abide by this that Christianity is not a religion it's a relationship that's the most bullshit thing I've ever heard like now it is true it is true exactly but it's not lived out or practiced
1: yeah it's a very it's a very sad thing that you know the church talks a great game but then when they play you're like oh, oh no <laughs> yeah so,
0: wow. Um, definitely went on for a while. I really appreciate you just spreading awareness. And I know that people listening to this are becoming very enlightened about the facts of spreading your beliefs where it's un- unwarranted and not, not necessarily not needed, but people didn't ask for it, right? You think you're doing them a, a, a service, but at the end of the day, let's say you're dealing with uh, an addict and he believes that he's not good. And you just affirm that by telling him that he's a sinner, like he might just go down the deep end and relapse once more. Right. Um, But so I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, be on here and spread awareness. Um, Is there, I know I said and asked for any last thing that you wanted to cover like an hour and a half ago, but is there any last bit uh, that, that you've been thinking about anything that's been on your mind
1: lately? In terms of activism um, I mean, or, at, or the church? At the end of the day, if, if I said anything to wrap up, it's just that we all need to love ourselves and to, um, you know, work, you know, if we have things to work through, it's okay to talk about it with a professional. It's okay to ask for help and to um, use the support that we know we have around us um, to be there for us if we are, you know, going to be in a difficult journey of healing. Um, but that's the thing you know, but we also have to balance our lives too. if we're gonna be outspoken, if we're gonna try to change the world um, and combat combat the toxic stuff all over the world, not just with spirituality and uh, faith, but it's just that you got to balance your life mm-hmm. with self-care, self-love and then also go once you're filled, go out and um, pour out to other people. Yeah, um,
0: I think it's something in the religious community where you never hear the word self-love you almost feel selfish right because it you almost feel like okay if
1: I'm loving self then it's taking away from me loving God yeah no I I feel that at least that's how I felt but it's you know that's the thing you have to combat that as well because you have to we can't really help others if we're if we're not helping ourselves you know what I mean like if we're a mess how can we help anyone else right
0: right so um again i appreciate you coming on here telling your story uh and speaking your truth on tiktok where can uh um it can people be people find you um, either under my name
1: ray mcfarland M C F A R L A N D, um then a little 91 at the end of that uh for my the year i was born
0: <laughs> awesome yeah guys and so i will plug his tiktok uh, on the show notes, right? Thank you so much for coming on here and spreading your light, your truth. And uh, on behalf of just the spiritual community and people who are waking up to the truth and following their inner voice, we just want to thank you for being brave and for taking on this journey. And yours was a lot rougher than ours was, but because of that, you just see so much more than than we could ever even know was out there and so thank you for the awareness and and the healing yeah thanks for having me on it's been a good yeah all right of course man all right all right take care all right